Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge, I'm Ravidoff. And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Rob and I are together tonight for a quick little episode. We're going to talk a little bit of Mantic Open Day. We'll talk a little hobby prep for Lone Wolf. And I know Rob has some event announcement he wants to touch base, but how, how have you been doing, Rob? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, we'll touch on it a little bit later in that podcast, but we, I know you're the same boat as I am, just <laughs> last minute dash to, to Lone Wolf, right? Yeah, tons of stuff. I had an absolutely crazy week at work last week, but I'm now on vacation as of yesterday. So I have um, today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to get ready. Um and then we we fly to Lone Wolf thir- early, early, early Thursday morning. So I have a good five days, four days left uh, to get finished. Um, I am down to still working on that on the Horde of Spearmen, and I'm batch painting it. So we were on After Dark all today, and and people were like, "Well, how many have you gotten done?" <laughs> and and you know how it is when you batch paint is you have none done until right. you have mm-hmm. all of them done. Um. So my goal tonight is to finish. Uh, I have a couple more that I need to 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 just do final base coat touches and washed, and then tomorrow I'm gonna do their armor and shields, and then Monday will be cloaks and tassels. Tuesday will be faces. So I sort of have in my my mind, you know, like a game plan when mm-hmm. I want to try to get finished each day, and then I also need to do a mounted abyss. But worst case scenario, if I don't finish that, I can borrow one from Tom Annis's go lonely one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just using my for the lone wolf. You know, lone wolf has a special character. I'm taking the one on foot, and I'm going to be using. I painted up one of the sisterhood infantry models, so she'll probably be just like a standalone model that I had for test or vanguard or whatever. I'm just going to use that probably for the tournament special character. Um, but the spear horde, I'm really happy. I've been really trying to put a lot of extra effort into it. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're painting a horde of infantry, you try to cut corners, whereas I'm trying to think of the horde as like a centerpiece, but instead of a big model, it's a big based infantry unit. So I am, even though I have to get it done here in the next four days, I'm still trying to do it to the best of my ability. But what about you? What do you have to finish for a little Yeah, while? so basically I... I... When 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 I decided to go to Lone Wolf, I, I looked at my list that I was playing previously, like at um, the event in January, uh, King of Monsters, and I said, "Well, I just have X amount of points to add to that." I think that was 1995, and we're playing 2300, so I had to have 305 points. Well, it turned out that that was actually perfect because <clears throat> I had already started a winged uh, a general on a wing B, so obviously finished that right, um, and then and then it left me with 115 points. And so I had to decide, well, do I do a horde of militia or do I do a regiment of polearm? Well, third breakfast from Westphalia didn't show up in time or early enough for me to get started on it. So, which meant I didn't have the, the Halbert guys. So, all right, well, we're running militia. So I spent an inordinate amount of time on these militia and they look, they look good. I like them. They're happy. I'm happy with them. I still have a couple pieces in the back. 
that I'm still waiting on some stuff and that might not be ready. There's like a beer cart and, and there's a bartender and stuff like he's basically inebriating the, the, uh, the militia to muster them, right. To get them ready to roll <laughs> or getting, getting them ready to, 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 to go to battle. Um, but yeah, I mean, the base is done, the, you know, at this point I've got like 28 miles on the unit and I'm calling it done later on. I'll go back in and add a little bit more, a few touches when I get, uh, there's a beer cart and some, uh, town folk that I'm going to add to it, but, uh, and then, so I finished that like Thursday or Friday. And then I obviously have the, the general on a wing beast and it's like, you know, I've been dreading it cause I, man, I just, it's one of those models that I spent so much time building and crafting and, and I'm like, I don't want to like screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, like I put all this totally. effort into it and I want to see it through, but at the same token, I have this deadline looming. So, I, I'm happy with it, the way it's coming along. I, I'm at a point now where I, I've sort of got everything done on it, except for the tops of the wings <laughs> um, and the tail and the head. So, you know, I don't know. I, I started doing wings today and I've, and I've been struggling because those feathers take forever. Yeah. Yeah. So Thank like, you. I, I mean, it was taking me maybe like, it probably took me. I, on one of the like on the on one inside of the wing probably took me like two hours, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm highlighting three or four colors every single feather, and it, it takes a long time. And I'm trying to blend it in. And I'm trying to make it look good. Well, on the other wings inside, you know, it didn't. You know, there's like six months between when I did them, so there's a slight difference. Uh, but fortunately, tomorrow and the rest of next week, I'm going to be painting the tops. Well, that's all going to be done at the same time. So hopefully, they'll they'll match a little better. Um, yeah. And then like, of course I ran out of pure white Reaper, pure white. And so I'm like, ah, crap, you know, I mean like every color I'm using, I need white at some point to highlight. Right. So, Mm um, luckily, fortunately, fingers crossed, you know, it was, it worked out well. Mike bought a bunch of Reaper uh, paint kits and, and I had to, and just happened to have one with the white that I needed inside. So I bought like a big case of like 10 paints. Most of which I didn't need, <laughs> but I got the white that I wanted. So, you know, oh, oh and then, and then, but here's the real kick in the ball. So, so I'm like looking at the back and it says pure black, whatever it is, 38. And then I just see a white bottle, but it's not the whole, it's like behind another bottle and it says the number nine. So I'm like, sweet. That's, that's, that's pure white 39. <laughs> no, it's 409 and it's dragon white. So, I mean, <laughs> It's close enough that it'll work, but it's just a kick at the balls, man. Because I thought I thought I was like, oh, I have it, and and you know, and and for those who don't know, um, Reaper has a couple different lines. The MSP, the was that the Master Series paints. That's what the pure white is in, uh, and then they have this older line, uh, which is they used to call like the HD line, which has got more of a high contrast, and the Dragon uh, white is in that line. So even though it's the same color. It doesn't flow the same. It doesn't have the same amount of flow yeah, pig, aid. Pig, pig, pigments change Yeah, different. pigments are a lot different. Said, the, so, the you know, I, I'm going to have to... I, I have a little bit left of pure white, like a tiny bit. <laughs> so I'm going to stretch it out as much as I can. But, you know, uh, it is what it is, you know. Um, so I've got to finish that guy. Uh, in terms of my lone wolf, um, I just actually put together a Phenisium uh, wolf. That's what they call it, right? From, from 40K. Or from yeah, 40K, yeah, like the, right? the, the the yeah the space wolf w- wolves yeah, but the ones yeah, without yeah, yeah. the cybernetic stuff, just the regular yes, wolves. Yeah, so just the regular. I just grab one of those, threw them on a base. Those are cool models. Yeah, it's funny though because I put it next to my halflings and like 
the halfling barely goes up to like this is one the one I, the one I'm using is like pouncing right like it's flying in the air and like so it's like a dire wolf so it's like super yeah, big exactly but like it's huge compared to the halflings I mean literally like and that's another another problem I've been having is you know I wanted to find a uh, and I had hoped to find a, a cart to put in the back um, so the the bartender could be serving beer from it right. But every cart that I bought, and I bought tons of them. I, you know, I got the Terrain Crate card. I got one from WizKids. I got one from Reaper. Uh, they're all just scaled too big. <laughs> like the dude, like the halfling, is the same like the same height as the wheel. <laughs> so like I'd have to put like little steps to get up there. So uh, big shout out to Kawi. He's uh, he's he's got me something that is gonna work that uh, is scaled appropriately. Um, so. That's that's not here yet, so it probably won't be done in time for Lone Wolf, but that's okay. So yeah, that, that's it for me for for Lone Wolf. I gotta get I've gotta get the the general on a wing beast done, um, and uh, I probably just need to make sure that my display board is because I've added a horde. So and I just probably need to get that back out and make sure everything's still fitting. Everything fits on it still. Yeah, because it's a small one. I I've been using um, there's and and we'll talk about it at some point, but there's a prototype. Um, army tray that um, Tim over at uh, War Chess Creations created, and I painted it teal and white, and it's got drawers, and it's it's totally awesome. And I built like an insert that drops in. At some point, I'm gonna run out of real estate though, because if I play too, a much bigger army, uh, it's not gonna fit. So nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so. I'm gonna use the same display board that I made for Alamo, which was the the Michael's frame, but I cut out the fat mat and put the. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I posted some pictures of it. What a great idea. Um, what a great idea. Yeah. So I just left that at, at Jeff's house in, in uh, Fort Worth. So basically for, you know, South tournaments or whatever, I have a display board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm going to use um, uh, since I'm taking the Vaseline still. But it would be nice if there was, you know, that's just the one hard thing when you travel, especially when you have to fly. It's just so hard to bring extravagant like a uh, smoke machine or electric display boards it's just really tough to I, I mean i'm all for that and I, and I totally have the room to, to bring it i just don't have time to you know i i man work has been killing me just like you and it i just i just have have not had the time to um to do that i i do want to build you know for those of i'm sure everybody at this point has seen my army but you know there's giant four inch uh uh, or two inch, I don't know how big they are. Uh, backers, like stone backers, and the and so I do want to build a display board mountain where the where the the units themselves like kind of back in and kind of fit snugly. I don't know if you remember Ryan Smith's um, herd army. I think it was a herd yes. army where it was the mountain and he and he would pull the units out, kind of like that where you, you tuck them into a specific spot where the basing would actually tie into the rest of the the board. So that that's my goal long term, but. You know, I, I remember distinctly when I got into this hobby ages ago, making fun of people. I'm like, well, why don't you have your stuff painted? Why don't you, you know, you know, back then I was single and, you know, had all kinds of disposable income and tons of time. And and now, 30 years later, 35 years later, I'm like, man, <laughs> I, I, I now see it. Like, I, I don't have the time that I would like. You For know, me, it's the, it's, it's the time thing, right? Because especially you, I worked like 12 hour days all this week. By the time you finish work and have dinner and say hello to your partner and like pet your dog or whatever, it's eight o'clock and I'm exhausted. I'm like ready to, to go to sleep. I wake up at five and I remember I used to make fun of my dad all the time when it would be like 755 and he's getting ready to go to sleep. 
and now it's like come eight o'clock man i'm just so tired so it's like if if i can't get it done on the weekend it's really that's like my prime real estate time it's just hard to get stuff done during the week exactly hey so what what's in your list that you're you're rocking to uh you know i'm sure people are curious okay so it's it's a similar flavor as to what i'm used to taking so i have the horde of men-at-arms spearmen um two troops of paladin foot guard um i ran these guys at masters in 2020 they kind of just uh get in front of the ogres help me chat for the ogres and paladin foot guard defense 5 11 13 headstrong they're pretty survivable and they give you a little bit of mitigation because what's the worst thing that could happen to your chaff is it when it gets wavered and not killed. So at least the headstrong, it's not fearless chaff. It's not the true thick chaff, but at least it does have headstrong to help against that. Um, two troops of Panthers, I love them. Um, my two regiments of knights, one with strength and one with blessing of the gods, both with Aegis fragment. I found with these guys, they never kill anything in the first round of combat anyway. So Pathfinder or Strider doesn't make a difference because they're going to take two combats to kill anything. So at least this time, um, I found the offensive items really come through on that second round of combat. Um, and then I have two hordes of ogres, one with wrath, chalice of wrath. So one fearless or one with fury and then one with the staying stone. Um, normally I'll take headstrong, but just trying to cut a little points because of what's else in the list. But essentially, it's it's similar in that it makes their waiver value six, you know sixteen instead of fifteen. Um, and then I have a priest with bane chant and conjuring staff. I just love the conjuring staff. Uh, it's one of those I think like auto include items on any sort of spellcaster. It's just so nice. Um, the big change is I am taking a mounted abbess with the mournful blade. So my thinking there is that in, prior to putting her in, I had no real great tool to deal with individuals or war machines or anything like that. It was they were going to do what they were going to do to me, whether and then I was going to try to win elsewhere on the board. So the fact that the tournament has a special character and you know an individual and and just having a tool to deal with that stuff, I'm going to try. And the, it fits my theme too, right, of my army. So I got an abbess with the mournful blade mounted on a Gur Panther. So um, – Speed ten, wild charge D three. Or sorry, no, they lose lose the wild charge, but picks up the speed ten. So sorry, speed. I've never played with this model, so uh, I still have my high paladin on a dragon with slashing and Aegis fragment. This guy's okay. If I hadn't spent like four months painting his wings, like as you know now, painting feathers on your thing, I probably wouldn't take him anymore. Um, He's seventeen nineteen instead of dash nineteen with, but he's headstrong, which I think is a fair was a fair tweak to him. But with an item, he's three hundred and twenty points with Aegis Fragment as well. So that's just so many points that get back. But I love the model, and then Samacris. So thirteen drops, so pretty elite. You only unit strength twenty two. So still sort of suffers that combined arms Basilean where you don't have a lot of drops and, and maybe too much 15-17 nerve. So 15-17, you're just so susceptible to dice variance. You know, if you get if your opponent gets a couple lucky nerve rolls and I oh, lose. You're talking to the choir, man. I mean, as you know, an ogre it's player. Really tough. <laughs> you know, as ogres. And you really just got to hope that you can counterpunch because what Basilean does well is it counterpunches really well. But if your unit's killed in one go... um. But so my goal, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I've done pretty well, but like against certain lists, like against heavy shooting lists or um, 
even against like Varenger and Northern Alliance, like other punchy stuff that punches harder than my stuff punches. The list has sort of struggled a little bit, but I'm looking forward to it. And if I stick with Basilean's post Lone Wolf, I think I'm going to explore a little bit more infantry based Basilean's drop the night regiments and maybe throw in some sisterhood scouts, you know, add a little shooting. Or I think there's some areas. I just don't think combined arms Basilea is is the most competitive of the lists. I think you either go infantry grind, more survivable grind, or you just double down. Because I know Grant's take Grant Fetter is taking a really heavy flying list. You just double down on speed and go all speed. I think the combined arms is sort of just the vanilla ice cream version of the list. But we'll see. What are you taking? Uh, well, I'm rocking uh, Kingdoms of Men. As I said, I, basically, it was my 1995 list with a few additions. Every unit that can take Indomitable Will has it. So I've got a regiment of uh, Speeder Phalanx, a horde of Speeder Phalanx, no magic items, both with the pike upgrade. Uh, I've got a Foot Guard regiment and a, and a horde of Foot Guard. The regiment has two-handed weapons uh, with Chant of Hate, and the horde has Blessing of the Gods. A new addition to the list is a Militia Mob. Uh, I can honestly tell you they were underwhelming. I played a demo game with Mike, uh, and like they got a flank charge, so that's 50 attacks hitting on fives, wounded on fives on knights, and they didn't do a wound. So I don't know. I don't hold a lot oh, that's of faith. crazy. But, mm-hmm. you know, they have unit strength three, and I figure, okay, if I don't get them into combat, they, you know, it's a big footprint too. So if I, throw, if I throw them, you know, they're defense three, so if I throw them into something, they unless it's a really heavy hitter, it might take them two turns to get through them. Uh, then I have a troop of uh, crossbow, which have been upgraded to the guns. You know, I, 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 you know, this is probably one of my favorite units in the game. It's ninety-five points, but it's eight shots hitting on fives with piercing two with twenty-four inch range. Man, I tell you what, this this unit does work, man. You know, um, especially like if you get it out in the right spot and it's over like an objective and it's shooting chaff. You know, it, it really, man, it, it hits above its weight. Um, the nine eleven nerve, obviously. <laughs> Once it gets into, once something gets into combat with it, yeah, they're only in defense three, so they they will die pretty quick. But you know, if you can get a couple rounds of shooting in before you before they uh, get into combat, uh, it's not too bad. Uh, then I have a regiment of knights. Uh, they got brew of strength as you do, because I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you got to have it. And then I've got two cannons. Uh, you know, the cannons. You know, it's it's almost like a gambling army. Like when the cannons hit. You feel embarrassed because they're just like you know when they when when they're on and you're just like wiping stuff out. You're like oh my god. And then there's Dame. There's, then there's games where they don't hit anything. <laughs> and then you're like why did I take cannons? Yeah, they do two damage over four turns, or they kill a knight regiment on the first turn. You know what I mean? The other thing too is like people people say well it's got to hit. Well it's more than just hit. You also have to roll high for the damage, right? Like I remember at at uh, King of Monsters, yeah, I I, I hit him. I hit every turn against Garrett's uh, Fire Realm army, but like it was they were hit, they were shooting nerf balls because like it was like one or two damage, right? Like that's not going to get it done. I need some rounds where you get like four or five, you know, damage on these units. So uh, and then I have got a giant in the list. Uh, then again, a general on wing beast, which man, I. I think this is going to be my downfall because I, I haven't played with him very much and I don't know how to use him. So, you know, in, in the practice games up until Lone Wolf, I've just been like putting him in the wrong situations. He's getting wiped out. So I'm going to have to be a little bit more cautious. Uh, then I have a, an army standard bearer on foot with looted sensational darkness. Love that guy. You know, I mean, kingdoms of men, nine inch, very inspiring. What's not to like. Uh, and then my favorite 
guy in the unit or in the, in the army is the, the assassin with the wings of honey maze. You know, he's got indomitable will. If I could just remember to pop indomitable will, because <laughs> like in every game he dies because I forget, you know, you know, from something stupid, like uh, I played a practice game against Ratkin and he, he, he basically needed 11. Right. And he got an 11. Well, if I would have popped my indomitable will, like I should have, he would have had to do that twice. And I, the guy would have probably lived. So, but he's great. Like he hunts individuals. Um, he obviously can get war machines. The other thing he does, which is, which is really fun is, you know, if you get like gargoyles or any beast packs, any of those like low nerve, you know, like medium to low defense. Yeah. Yeah. He can Mm -hmm. go in there and do three or four wounds and spike and spike a test because he flies. And then, so, so that's a great use for him. But you know what his best use is? Is late game if he's still alive. You're like, oh, you know, you know the the you know individuals blocking off hindered charges. Like he is perfect for that because you can fly twenty. So, whoop, there he goes, oh, and really just nice. lands at the perfect spot. Oh, I can, I can't make. I'm not gonna be in the woods now. I'm just gonna clip your unit. So that's great. Uh, then I have a wizard. Uh, he's. I gave him everything. I gave him the Conjurer, Staff, Bane Chant, Heal, and I replaced Fireball with Lightning Bolt. And people say, well, man, now you have a 100-point wizard. Well, I have a 100-point wizard that does something on every turn. <laughs> so he's either shooting Fireball, he's either healing, right? Damage coming into me. Um, and then and that's early game. And then late game, his Bane Chant kicks in. And the fact that I've got an Army Standard Bear and a wizard back there with Bane Chant gives me the two Bane Chants, which, you know, gives me a little warm and fuzzy inside. It means I'm probably going to get the Keep Banshee off. I love guys that get to do something every turn, you know, that have a, a, an offensive and defensive thing. So it, it, you're, I just like using st- stuff that I paid points for like multiple times in the game because each time you use it, it's like you're paying that much less points for that ability. So I dig that a lot. Well, and, you know, you think about it. Some, sometimes early game, he d- doesn't really have a good target for Lightning Bolt. Well, if they had shooting... You know, maybe they dropped a couple wounds on us, one of my smaller units. Well, I'll go put a couple, hopefully, go, you know, heal three, wounds back up, right? And you think about it, but over the course of six turns, if you do that three or four turns, it adds up. And, you know, you know, it's it's back to that conversation about, you know, uh, wavered and stuff, right? Like, if you can, you know, if they did five wounds to you, but you can knock it back down to three, it's going to prolong the game and pro- prolong the life of that unit. Uh, and then, uh, no, no kingdoms and men army is is complete without the captain. Um, I actually dropped the horse. I think I, 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 I have a great model. <laughs> I love the model, but you know, the reality is that he doesn't need the horse. So I dropped it. Um, what's interesting though, is I actually played a practice game against Mike Horner who owns war room hobbies and he's playing kingdoms men with the captain. So here's a question for you and any listener out there that may know the answer. What happens when both players have the captain who goes first for, uh, <laughs> tactical, you know, for master tactician, where you get to redeploy your units. How does that work? That's that's an interesting question. What is it? Hold on, I'm going to look in. Let me load up a nice little easy. Yeah, so army. We, we decided it was we didn't know, so we looked and we. I don't think there's a. Uh, we looked at all the FAQs, so we ended up just dicing off, and then the person that won just could go second, right? Basically, make the other person go first. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of a weird one. So yeah, that is strange. I don't. I've I've never. Uh, come across that uh you know two uh guys using it's the so captain. unusual though right because you got to have two people playing kingdoms of men and they both got to have the captain so so it's got five 15 units in the army 23 unit strength so not terrible but you know uh, you know 
I'm sure Dylan, my buddy Dylan, is uh, scratching his head, going, "Damn, look at all those individuals, right?" Because I've got I've got three 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 individual four individuals in that list. I think if you both have them, it says you can de- redeploy D three of your units after deployment is finished, but before scout moves are made you roll off if you both if you both have scout moves right so i assume you would just roll off. that's what we thought but you know yeah, that's what makes the most like logical sense to me exactly you just roll off exactly so that's so that's my list i'm looking forward to playing it i don't have any delusions of grandeur we're playing five games right so three and two would be kind of my goal well we had the reno tournament last or two weekends ago now and how'd that go it was really fun. Um, we got up there, uh, got to meet um, Cody, and, and you know, and I'd met you know Blake before, but got to meet Nick and all those guys. Um, they were really excited. Um, the local community was really excited about their episode, and Rashad and I making the drive up. Um, Sixteen players. One player had to drop, but still fifteen players for one day. Uh, you know, really solid. Uh, four games in one day, which is always a challenge. Um, uh, but really good games. They have what I probably was, was, uh, the most happy to see was the level of hobby was really, really high. A lot of the players are new to Kings of war. There's a lot of war machine guys, other Warhammer guys, different, uh, uh, backgrounds, but the hobby was every single army, uh, almost 95% of the armies were all fully painted to tournament level quality which for like a one-day young scene is really exciting. Um, had a bunch of really great games. Um, uh, I did end up winning uh, all my games, which was pretty fun. Um, and uh, Cody runs a great store. Uh, he showed me some of his great uh, comics he has in his personal collection, which was a lot of fun. And I talked to Kyle, uh, uh, Pretzel Twinkie, and uh, Ronnie and them were are really excited about the growing scene in the West Coast. So once travel is open, Kyle and Ronnie are going to fly out to the West Coast and do like a West Re- Region beer road trip and hang out with the SoCal guys, head over to the Reno guys. So we're really excited to have Ronnie and Kyle come into the West uh, sometime this year. Uh, and we're going to do like a, a, a cool take them around the scene. So a super fun event. Um, some great armies. Um, that scene, their scene is really going to help re, uh, reinvigorate our scene. I, I see a really good rivalry between them and the SoCal guys, and um, yeah, so pretty exciting. Um, we did a West Region meeting the other night, and Britain helped me. We had an agenda. So so official, Rob. We had an agenda. We had a PowerPoint. We were like talking about getting our region organized, looking at calendars at events. We were going over our scoring. So that's really one thing I want to do as our region chair is really inc- incorporate the um, feedback and opinion of the the sort of the SoCal guys, the Reno guys, like each area in our region that has a scene going, get the sort of leadership from that scene involved in the overall region decision making process. Um, so it was really cool. Um Brinton is officially moving to San Diego, so now we will have vibrant scenes in SoCal and Reno and then Jeremy in San Francisco. Um, but the Reno really is not that far for me. It's only like you know two and a half hours, which traffic's so bad. It's like it was taking me an hour to drive to my low quote local store quote. Um, so but but fun event. God bless you, man. I, 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 we, we left we left California 
back in 2005 and we haven't missed it. It's like, I like the weather, but like, now nah, I don't want to deal with the taxes, the traffic, and just the tons of people. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, if I, if I could move, I, w- I would move to Texas probably just because my mom's there and well, so many friends. But we live a minute away from Hillary's parents and especially, you know, with kids and everything, having kids be able to grow up, you know, ride their bike to their grandparents' house, you know, is a pretty special thing. So I think we're here, but thankfully, you know, once every couple of months, I can just drive down to Scott's house, you know, crash there for lots of gaming. So I'm I'm not feeling like game deprived, you know, I'm still getting games in and then, you know, Keith has been destroying me on UB lately. So that's always fun. Um, so I can still get good games in. So I'm not totally upset, but. I do have to think about with Britain leaving, what is my plan for trying to keep the scene going in the in the Northern California once, you know, we're pretty cloud. California is pretty close to removing all um, COVID restrictions, Real, you know, where lots of people getting vaccinated, you know, everything's looking good. So I got to think about how to start growing the scene locally. But on the, on the other hand, I, I had this sort of dilemma. Do I want to put a lot of energy in trying to grow my local scene when really I can only have time to play every couple of months anyway, and I'd rather drive down the Chateau Holcomb and play with all those guys. So I, I got to think about how to get my local scene going. But you just so need to find another champion. Us. You just need to find someone else to you know. At the end of the day, you, you know, I, I've I've come to the conclusion like here in Memphis, I can't be. I, I'm not a one man show, right? We've got to have other people participating, and so you know that that's and and once I realized that uh, our scene has exploded because you know. People show up at the shop. Hey, I want to learn Kings of War. I'm not there. Well, then there's three or four other guys that can give them a demo and and have. So you know, that's the trick. I think right? you make yeah, you make up a really good point because when I first took over the master's chair, there was really like me and Rashad and maybe one or Scott and Mike Grant and Britain, maybe a couple guys, but there was there was really nothing. So I felt like I had to be all men to all people. Like I had to do the show. I had to do. Um, the region stuff. I had to run events. I had to be like a proponent. And, and like you said, it's just, there's not enough hours. And, and I was at that time I was single, you know, not thinking about starting a family. So I had more time to do that, but I'm, I'm really trying to not only grow our scene, but I'm trying to encourage and grow the emerging leaders in our scene so that I have people to shoulder the load with me like britain's a really great consigliere for that like when we had our meeting he did the powerpoint and helped me with agenda and all that kind of stuff so uh, i really think that you bring up a good point is that when you're trying to build your local scene try to recruit people who not only want to play the game with you but maybe other people who are interested in being community leaders because really we can't do it all ourselves you gotta have it's impossible yeah i mean it's impossible and you know i mean like right now we have Mantic Nights on Wednesday, so I'm I'm there usually every Wednesday, but and, and we're usually there Saturdays playing. But I, with Lone Wolf Prep, like the last three weekends, like I just haven't had time. I, I've I'm trying to get these damn halflings painted, so you know it's it's you know other people have to step up. And fortunately, we've got you know we have a big enough scene now. We've probably got twenty players, I guess. Um, some are more dedicated than others. In fact, we've got to the point now where we actually have two clubs now. So we've got the Blue Sea Brawlers Club, and then uh, Mike has started a club out of uh, War Room called War Dogs. So we're actually going to have two clubs representing Memphis at Lone Wolf this year. So that's pretty exciting. Ooh, very cool. 
Yeah. And you guys have like the home store, right? And I think that's something we've been missing in, in our region that we're really happy to have Cody and Comic Kingdom in Reno is to have like a – we have home bases, but we don't have really like a, a flagship store to help push the game. Uh, and I know you guys have the War Room, so that's really uh, the sort of missing link in, in the Bay Area is that uh, table space is so – the, the uh, rent is so high – that we just don't have game stores that have 10 tables or, or big spaces to really grow the community within the store. But I mean, there's, there's a couple players in Sacramento, you know, there's a, uh, a lot of the Sacramento, some of the Bay area Davis, greater Sacramento area, they have some ninth age stuff going on. Um, and it's always funny, right? Cause you love your game. So I was talking with the, the ninth age rep, for the West region, the ninth age has their own master system too. And I was like, Hey, I see you guys playing ninth age, you know, just so you know, uh, I'm the West region chair for Kings of war and it's a great game. And I, I'm not at all saying you have to hate, you know, if you play one game, you got to hate all others. So in general, I thought it was good to sort of build a rapport and build some communication ties with people who play similar games. So if there's, you know, if someone in the, if, if they're playing ninth age and ever want to experiment with Kings of war, they have a contact to do that. And it's just funny how, like, he was, you talk to players and they're like, you're a homer for your game system, you know? Uh, but yeah, so I know there's some Ninth Age stuff going on um, in, in different places, but I am starting to hear a little bit more buzz in North Bay for uh, Kings of War. But the fact that the Reno and even the SoCal scene, they've been having games not only at Scott Holcomb's house, but at the, the Mad Viking at Kyle Timberlake's place. Um, and so now he's trying to develop his own. This is hilarious. You know, Dustin has his disciples, right? Well, mm-hmm. Kyle is now developing his disciples. Hey, but by the so way, I, I vanquished two of his disciples at Kingdom Monsters. So. so the question is, like, what do they have to do if they fail Dustin? And I don't know. They have to, like, do his laundry or carry his bags or <laughs> do something. Um, but it's funny. So Kyle, he's bringing a couple. I think he's bringing one of his disciples to Lone Wolf. So for, for Lone Wolf, we have me, Rashad, Mike Grant. Kyle Timberlake, I think uh, uh, Kyle's bringing a friend or two. So I think we have between five and seven West Coast people going to Lone Wolf. Um, yeah, so, so a solid amount of people. Yeah, um, we've got myself yeah. and, and Mike Horner's actually. It's going to be his first G, uh, Kings War GT. So that should be a lot of fun. And then the man, the myth, the legend, Hot Dan, right? He's been yeah, on Yeah, so Earth. on the War Dogs, we've got, we've got myself, uh, Mike, a gentleman named Nick and Morgan. There's four of us. And then Blue City, they're bringing Mississippi Mudslide himself, Dan, Dan Kamek, uh, Devlin, and Dylan from Arkansas. Did so you see Tom's uh, response to yeah, it was great. Devlin challenge was That's just good like stuff. cracked me up. He's like, I want to tag you in this ter- in this response, but I just want to make sure you're okay with it. And I was just like, avenge me. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Devlin. Sometimes, you, you know, at least Devlin's doing it the right way. You always challenge up, right? And don't challenge down. Sure. Because when you lose, well, that's what's supposed to happen. And right. then if you get lucky and win, it's like he can lord that over Tom for the history. Exactly. Of all of exactly. Time. I mean, I think Jake is still riding that win over Aaron. Oh, the Aaron chat. I mean, he, like I said, after that game, and he said it on his show where he was talking to a bunch of people, and they're like, "Oh, how'd you do?" And it was like, "Oh, a seventeen-three or fifth, whatever it was." And it's like, "Oh, you got some points. That's good." And he's like, "No, I won." It's just like a new <laughs> retired Kings of War champion right That's now. Awesome. Just retired, never That's awesome. That's awesome. So I do want to mention a couple other events. I know um, 
kind of this is kind of a catch up show for us. So TNT, uh, which is part of NashCon, um, that is going to be in in, in August. Registrations open. Unfortunately, the city of Nashville right now is limiting capacity. So right now the event is is capped to 24 and it is full. So um, we will we will let you know when more space has been opened for that event because that that's event that's an event that usually gets between 50 and 60 players. And uh, it's got a wrestling theme, and there's Tim does a great job. Uh, Tim Smith, uh, he's got like a, a a wrestling ring, and he's got a cage, a wrestling cage, and there's two tables in there, and it's just you know people come dressed up as wrestlers, and it's just fun, and it's part of NashCon, which is also fun because that's a you know a four or five hundred person um, HMGS event, which has got a historical bent, but there's there's you know Age of Sigmar and 40K and War Machine and and non historical stuff. But it's cool because it's part of a convention, so you you know you have vendors there, and you got all these you know, and and this year they've moved it to the Opryland Hotel, so it's 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 a much more plush area, a nicer hotel. So um, yeah, we'll see we'll see how that gets on. And then I also want to mention there's an event in October called Siege of Vicksburg, which is in Mississippi, and that's October 22nd through 24th, 2021. And my good friend Adam Chance, he's running the event, and he would love to have Kings of War. But he doesn't have anybody to run the event. So if, if you are someone from uh, mid-Mississippi, you know, and would be interested in running a small event at this at this convention, uh, you know, reach out to me or post it on our Facebook page. You know, Adam is, is a frequent poster on our page as well. So, you know, he, he would see it. So just, you know, if, if anybody's interested in running a, an event, uh, a Kings of War event, um, there's, there's a growing... Um, I think it's, there's an untapped market down there is the best way to describe it. I think because of the figure agnosticness of the game and the low barrier for entry, and, and, and let's be frank too, it's not a, not an, a very expensive game to get into when you compare other ranks and flanks. You know, it's there's a lot of lot lot to like, and I think the people of Mississippi, uh, Central Mississippi, would would probably uh, eat it up. So if you're interested in running that uh, running an event. Uh, reach out and we'll put you in touch with the right people. Was there any other events you wanted to mention? Um, well, TNT is definitely on my bucket list, you know, not this year with, with uh, Lone Wolf and Masters and then also getting married this summer, but definitely on my uh, to bucket list for next year, uh, along with uh, Return to Adepticon, I think, are going to be maybe my two of my bigger travel stuff. Hopefully, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with Adepticon going two years now. You know what what comes out of it because you know the last couple of years that it was actually run, like it was becoming a more and more GW focused event. And so, if that trend continues, you know, I don't know what the future holds for non. GW events <laughs> because if they, they want to scale down, that could be a way that they could do it, right? Right. We're, we're now just GW events. Yeah. We're just because they're out of room it. already, and and they have like a long term contract with that hotel, and there's no there's no more place to put people. I mean, this is a ginormous area, a place, but there's no other space available, and you know they've already, I don't want to say kicked out, but they've already moved out like some of the non GW events to other. So it should be interesting. Like you said, to see, to see what, what happens with them, but that's still probably one of my favorite times ever we had when we went. To- it is. And, and, and it's all events. So right. Coming out of COVID, we don't know what the future holds 
for the Nova Open, or they have you know all these events, the convention style ones. Yeah, right, we just don't know. People. Like, are those are those going to be a thing in the future? Are those you know are those you know? I I, I hope so because I I it's sort of like part of my balanced uh, tournament diet, right? Like I I like the one off lone wolves where it's just we go there and we just hang out with our Kings of War brethren, but then I also like the opportunity to cross pollinate, play other games, or you know go to the vendor hall. The vendor hall is amazing. So exactly, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Adepticon's great too for all the hobby classes. But I'm thinking for me left this year is Lone Wolf, Masters, and then I'm not sure about a summer or, or, or a fall tournament. You know, it's hard not to go to, to the Alamo, you know, each year. Uh, but I just don't know with, you know, we're going to Maui for our honeymoon, which is not zero dollars. So we got to really <laughs> think about what we want to – our travel budget, you know, for uh, the end of the year. And, and no Babe Kings this year, probably. The same thing with Riddle of Steel. Uh, we're just sort of kind of going to ride the rest of the year out. Uh, we're probably going to have an event. When, we're, we're talking about doing a two-day in Reno, uh, but we're not quite sure when that's going to be. But we're looking at, at expanding to have the Bay of Kings, which will either be held in – San Francisco, or we might hold it in San Diego based on, you know, Britain's moving to San Diego and San Diego is beautiful too. But we're looking at Babe Kings, the Riddle of Steel, and then uh, they're toying with the idea of calling it the Reno Open and doing a, so those would sort of be our three two day big tournaments a year. Uh, kind of hit the sort of the different flavors of events too. Like Britain's would be a very much more straight out of the book. Rashad is a little bit more flavorful with some of the Conan themed and then the Reno open would be like a little bit more master Z sort of style event. So I think we're trying to hit all the flavors, but we have a lot of cool stuff, which is good. Cause that caters to everybody, right? Everybody has a little something. And Britain still wants to do the barbecue event. Like we we're trying to kind of take advantage of what California has to offer, which is the weather. So he thought of maybe doing a backyard barbecue event where it's held outside or, you know, or uh, uh, we're beginning to even sort of come together and talk about uh, how we want to Because in the next two to five years. We will bid to host the Masters. So we're talking about how can we make a Masters a truly Californian event? You know, what are the ways that we can uh, distinguish our region? Uh, and just really focus on growing, you know, it, it, our first sort of thing was trying to get people from outside the region to fly into our events, which we still want to do. But now we're hitting enough staying power that we have enough people within our own borders to run events. What about you? you so you're thinking Lone Wolf and then TNT and then obviously be there for Masters. You know, Lone Wolf and then I'm going to definitely be at Masters. Masters. Yeah, because okay. we got, you know, I missed it last year and I, you know, what a what, what a time to miss, right? Um, in retrospect, yeah. you know, it, it just didn't happen, but I'm definitely going to be there. Then we'll have TNT, and then there's three or four events in the fall. I've got to decide uh, which one. There's a new one that started by some old Warhammer players, and um, that's probably the one I'm going to go to. It's in September, so I will uh, uh, probably that that one's definitely on my radar. So uh, I I'm still I'm still in that process of uh, reviewing the fall. I mean, at, at this point, I've got you know wife points built up for 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 lone wolf and for uh masters and for for nashcon uh and then september october i'm gonna have to go back to the bank a little bit and make another withdrawal 
<laughs> or and deposits. <laughs> so hey, before we get out of here though, let's chat a little bit about obviously Mantic Fest happened today, and this is really the reason why we wanted to chat a little bit was just you know share some of our observations and in, in uh, some of our thoughts on what we saw. So you know, I mean, I actually really enjoyed uh, this approach, which was like condense everything down to like a two hour block as opposed to a full eight hour day. I thought this was great. I don't know what were your thoughts on that. I liked it. I thought it was good. I think sometimes it's hard to uh, put enough time in your day, right, to watch those really, really long ones, um, especially when you have stuff going on. So I felt it was good. I felt it was, like, uh, sweet to the point, get you all the info. Definitely, it's definitely nice. I love that they do these updates uh, as just as a company uh, of, you know, keeping us informed with what's coming out. What did you think? You liked it, yeah. You know, and I watched, like I said, with two hours. I, you know, that, that's that's short enough that you can actually watch the whole thing, right? So, you know, I thought it was a lot of good information on the on the sci fi stuff, which was great. You know, I think it's interesting that they're 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 gonna basically went back to the drawing board with with sounds like with firefight and basically use dead zone as like a, uh, a you know a, a, a you know building up from dead zone as opposed to scaling down from warpath which was what the first version of edition one and people love dead zone right so i think yeah that's, exactly I think you know smart, so right? a bigger version of dead zone is never a bad thing right so i think i think and for those who didn't know or haven't heard obviously the beta rules for firefire are available today on the mantic website so go go take a look and and give them their feedback um and obviously the armada news was super interesting i i did not see um twilight kin coming out <laughs> that's kind of out of left field i didn't hear any rumors about that so you know having those ships come out well i mean the stuff that they're doing for the stuff that they're doing for a model model wise it's the most exciting model stuff yeah that came out i don't know what you thought but in all the model model stuff released it was the stuff that got the most juices flowing for me uh, like the empire of dust monolith the uh, uh, Basalian dictator. I mean, the the ships are just amazing. I and I l- just love love the seas of flame idea. One of my favorite things they did that in Manowar where they released a flyers and I had dwarf war balloons, and uh, I just love uh, having being able to have phoenixes flying around. Or I so yeah, they showed the wing it and they showed a phoenix. Now my only my only question about that expansion is you know the original book does not have any of the ships in it right you have to have the models with the cards to play so are they changing then are they going to have the actual this new expansion is it going to have the rules for the individual units that are in there because up until this point that's not been in any of the books you've got to buy the models yeah it's interesting well we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have we'll, we'll get some mantic guys on and we'll talk about it you know uh, and the, and the Empire Dust stuff looks fantastic, and their their render, their picture of the the elf stuff looks great. So I, I'm excited about uh, Armada. I think my concern is that, you know, I think this is the same concern we have with all small companies: is that are are you biting up more than you can chew, right? Like, you know, you so now you're supporting Kings of War, and you're supporting Dead Zone, and Vanguard, and Armada, and Warpath, and Hellboy. You know, at some point, you just you're so you're split your attention is split so many ways that things get left left you know and, and you know kings of war obviously there was lots of great content there as well you know um, i'm excited about a lot of the models um the Dracon models we've seen 
you know, the first one, one of them is out of uh, League of Infamy, right? Um, and so those are great. The Ogre Warlock we've seen. The the Air Elementals, you know, I, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> I like At first I was like, what the hell is that? But I think they're supposed to be rocks or something inside the air maybe. It's probably the most, I, I, I hate to even use the word controversial, but it's probably the most um, impassioned opinion-making model of what was released. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting set. Now, as long as they're resin, I'm okay with it. If these are metal, you know, come on, guys. Well, I mean, I think they've had so much success with their resin. I would be shocked if they're not resin. But Agreed. I don't remember. I don't remember. Did they say in the thing what material they were? Uh, no, but I, I would expect them to be resin at this point because the fire elementals are resin. Right. So all the I'm new, just all, waiting to see it painted. This is one of those some models that come out in renders, you just don't know what they're gonna be like until they're painted and based. And this one I'm I'm on I'm with you. I'm sort of like I don't love it. I don't hate it either. I'm just like, well, let me see what people Not many people ever run these things, so I don't know. And and I would say the greater air elemental I actually like a little bit better than the, the regular air elemental unit. Um, it's, 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 it, it almost looks like a tornado with the top is its face. So like it's put the top of the tornado is bent over 90 degrees and, and that's like a mouth. Like, you know, I like the arms on the air, the greater a little bit yeah. better and it's the like smaller ones have almost. these like little claws, but I mm-hmm. like just the dynamic, the, the, uh, just the composition of the greater I think is a little stronger. And then they obviously have a bunch of Salamander stuff coming out. And so the Corsairs, which I, did I hear this right? Those are add-on bits to the plastic. So you add those bits onto the plastic salamander kit. Is that right? I think that's what I heard. That okay. it's, uh, uh, but I'm not. I don't remember a hundred percent. And I assume it's the same way with the ceremonial guard. So like you'll have different arm options and different head options. What do you the think? Bodies the bodies look the same as, Sorry, as the corsairs. So, so what do you think I, of the I'm, dinosaurs? I'm, yeah. Oh, but then you get to so you get to the the, the rhinosaurs, and I'm like, holy crap. I'm building a I'm building a salamander army because that is dope. They were my favorite of the salamander stuff that got released. They were the my favorite. They're I, my favorite of everything that I saw today. Really I cool. just love 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 both the mounts and the riders. I think they look amazing, you know. And then they also showed um, some retooled. So they have a slasher, uh, a, a, a wing slasher with a with a clan lord on top. Which has got like um, it's it's the existing orc wing slasher, but it's got a different jaw and a different obviously different rider. Um, and then they mentioned that there's a uh, uh, the goblin slasher wingless that that also has been retooled and it's got some some guys mounting it that that are uh, salamanders. So we, we didn't see that, but you know uh, obviously the the big thing you know I guess. That maybe caught some people by surprise, but it's been a rumor that's been I don't know it's been it's been a it's been words on the wind for several years now. Uh, it's been the halflings, right? And so they finally showed them. So what'd you think? Um, I thought they were cool. I like. Um, uh, I know you're with Kaway. You guys have such a great relationship, and you've spent so much time with his halflings. Halflings, but I thought they were pretty cool. I like some of the 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 cavalry. It's like. They have like the muzzles on them. I thought were pretty cool. Um, I just never have been like a really into like you know people who are into halflings are like into them, you know. And I've just never really been that guy. But it doesn't mean that I don't like the models. Just like theme wise, and they're definitely going for the more like hodgepodgey look as opposed to just like m- you know smaller regular armored guys. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah, and so and they mentioned it in 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 the Mantic Fest that you know they're going for that food theme, right? That that you know it's it's maybe a carryover from like Lord of the Rings, or you could even argue the GW halfling style, right? The aesthetic is not GW, right? They're not a bunch of fat pot belly dudes, um, but they are very, as you said, disorganized, right? Like and eclectic shields and armor, and I mean one dude's wearing a top hat, so you know, um. This is this is one of those. This for me is like a head scratcher for me because we already have twenty six armies and there's so many armies that don't have models, and so the decision was well let's make another army, right? And let's give it hard plastic. Sometimes models can be well done, but it's just they're just not your bag, right? Yeah. So like I think the top hat guy is really cool and stuff like that. Um, so if if you're kind of wanting a more eclectic looking sort of halfling army or absurd, models, you know, because like yeah, what, is, is that one to wear like a strainer? I'm not sure. It's yeah. definitely. But I kind of I kind of like your sort of are the more like they're halflings, but they're in regular. They're just like regularly. Armed. They're just halflings, but they're still like armored troops. Uniform armor, uniform shields. These guys look like the Shire was under attack, and like, all right, we gotta go fight the orcs. They would grab whatever they've got, like you know, in their home. Quality wise, I mean, they still are keep getting better and better as far as just like the the posing. Like I'm just blown away by these. I love for the rhinosaurs, the actual mounts themselves. They didn't go that sort of sleek cold one mm-hmm. um, they, they went raptor. fat <laughs> they went fat and squat exactly right? one of the other things though about the halflings that that they mentioned and, and it's going to be interesting how this turns out i i think he said this was a kit that would give you both cavalry and infantry so does that mean the cavalry and infantry are all on one sprue yeah it was, it's going to be interesting to see what's what's your thought on that on like combo sprues i, I hate it because you don't like it you'd rather no, because what, whatever I mean, even like what happens is you end up with too much of one and not of the other, right? Like, if you need more hand weapon shield guys, well, then that means you have to buy more of the freaking cav. Um, and then you end up in the situation in which you have to barter and you have to trade. Okay, well, I have five of these mounted dudes. If you can give me, you know, I, I, I prefer units. Now, I like the fact that he was saying, I think, that this unit, the infantry, it's all the options. It's the ranged option and the melee option. So that's cool. Well, I mean, I mean I've been trying to... to- whisper sweet nothings to get them to do a sisterhood, a Basalian sisterhood hard plastic kit. They yeah. can either make uh regular sisterhood or the sisterhood scouts like both. You can make either or. So, I mean, for me, I, I get what you're saying about wanting to have the, not the dual kits, but if it's the only way that you can get the kit done, it makes more sense. The economical thing, right? Like they only had to yeah. pay for the one tool. Right. And, and, and maybe maybe a bigger tool. You know, it's a bigger tool, it's a bigger but it tool. has. But we could all use. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I, I right. miss you, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. The, the mounted unit for the halflings, they're interesting. You know, um, they're like, I guess, smaller, airless dogs, basically, the non wing variety. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, like I said, I, it's a little bit of a head scratcher because we already had 26 armies, right? And now we have 27. You know what I do like on the on the infantry though? I love their spear blades. Um the design of the blade on the spear is just really dynamic looking. Um yeah, so it's just gonna be interesting. I mean it's gonna be really exciting to see what's coming out um this next year. So and I, and like you said, definitely a big fan of of doing the Mantic Fest a, a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more targeted. 
so I, I mean, I hope they, they continue to do these on a regular basis because it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously they had more stuff on the other game systems, you know, uh, walking dead and Hellboy and, well, I know Kyle, uh, uh, Timberlake is maybe going to get some more, um, firefight action going on. Um, because I know that, uh, there's a, a few guys down there who have armies. Oh, one, and one thing I did want to say, Rob, is I wanted to say I had posted it on the Facebook group. Um, I hadn't had a chance to talk about it on air, but I received the very amazing, awesome gift from you guys for um, uh, a wedding present. Um, you guys all kind of chipped in and got me a piece of original art from the artist who had designed the Abyss model. And I just wanted to say thank you and thank you to you, to Steve, to Matt, to Mark, to the Cousinator, all you guys. Yeah, just such a lovely gift. Um, not only do I love art, you know, you know, I'm a huge comics guy and just a huge art just person. The fact that it's a piece of art from that artist and like uh, Steve had given, you, you know, you guys had given him picture or, or told him what the color scheme of my army was. So it matches my army's color scheme. And then also there was a lovely note signed by all you guys. So I just wanted to say thank you to you guys. It was like such a sweet gift. Um, it really helped get me motivated to finish painting my army for Lone Wolf of like having this amazing piece of art. So it is now at the frame shop getting a custom frame uh, with fancy uh, archival glass. I'm going the full, the full nine. Oh my yard. gosh. It's going to cost so, more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's always funny when you, when you spend more on the frame than you did on the art piece, you know, well, frame, <laughs> frame, getting something custom framed is always like, you're yeah. always like how much I have. a I, Back in the day, I had a bunch of black library prints and stuff and I went in and I'm like, I'm like, Man, that's like four times what I paid for this thing. So I, I'm too cheap, man. So I just bought the stuff and did it myself, like thing to cut the mats and stuff. But I wanted to get like a nice gold frame, you know, sure. just like it'll look awesome. But, it'll look awesome in you uh, know yeah. in in the paint area or wherever you know in your hobby room. So it was just really amazing, and like thank you to all you guys, and thank you to everyone who listens, and just like feel really blessed. Uh, and everyone was super jelly. So I was just like, uh, uh, you right now you got one of a kind art. Yeah. So that's, a, I mean, it's just amazing to have like such a custom uh, piece yeah. from, from, uh, and he's an amazing artist. Oh, he's and, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like my abbess and it just, this last year has been really tough on all of us. And one of the things that's kept me going is you guys and the show and then everyone who listens and, uh, the whole Kings of War community and just, our community in general has been like a real saving grace getting us through this time. And we're not quite, we're, you know, we're not back to normal yet, but we're making progress, right? We're, we're, where people are getting vaccinated, where things are getting better, you know, so we're, the light is, is at the end of the tunnel. Um, so basically I just want to say thank you to you guys, you know, to you, like I said, to you, the Matt, to Mark, to Steve, um, the whole, to Alex, the whole gang, and just thank you to the audience, you know, uh, for sticking with us during this time. And hopefully you've got to hobby with us and kind of listen to the show during this last year. And I know uh, Rob and I like the and the rest of the hosts like to think of our show as just an extension of our gaming group. And we hope you guys have all felt felt a part of the show and have felt a part of our group. And onward and upward, right? We got so many awesome things planned for the show. We're going to be recording at Lone Wolf, right? Yeah, so that's a whole other thing too. Like, I finally, you know, we have been using the same 
on location equipment. Um, huge thanks to Robbie Laney. He, he basically back in 2016, he's like, Hey, I have a podcast. We're not doing it anymore. Here's some equipment. So he gave me a mixer and my first couple mics and, uh, you know, off, off we go. Right. Well, I finally, you know, I finally came to the conclusion that, all right, if we're going to improve the sound quality on location, I need some better gear. So I bought a bunch of new kit and, uh, it's all stacked up in the, in the living room right now. Well, I need to like set it up tomorrow. And cause, uh, we're moving from four mics to six mics and, um, it's just, it, we're moving, basically, for those that are audiophiles, we're moving away from a traditional mixer, uh, a traditional XLR mixer, to a uh, more of a, it's essentially a podcast recording piece of equipment. So it's a mixer, but it's got a lot of special effects um, and, and, and live editing functionality that you can, like, if we wanted to, if we were careful, we could literally make a show, you know, uh, you know, they've got sound pads where you can hit the button and there your intro starts, you know, um, and it records to an SD card. So it should be, once I figure out how to use this thing, I'm pretty excited. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Lone Wolf. I just, uh, I'm ready. I'm chomping at the bit. Obviously we had the event in January and that was fun, but you know, Lone Wolf 60 players and, you know, and we're a lot farther along the COVID, <laughs> you know, uh, track that we were back in January. You know, here in Memphis, things are, you know, definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I think that's the space we want. We've always done in the past is done great live recording. But one of the tenets of our show is that if you do something, we want to do it as, as, as good as we can. Or if we, you know, learn, learn and be growing and just try to make the show as professional and as, as well done as possible. So I know I'm excited. Like there's a part of me that that doesn't even want to play at Masters and just wants to record the whole time going to go and help Mark. And, and I am going to, you know, that's, that's why I missed last year so much because, you know, usually we get 20 or 30 hours of recording. So, from, I mean, we had weeks and weeks and weeks of stuff from, yeah, from, from exactly. um, New York. No, no, not, uh, San Antonio, San Antonio masters. Mm-hmm. I was like Chicago masters. No, that was too many. That was too many masters ago. Right. But, no, I am super excited. Uh, and, and, and obviously Lone Wolf is our practice run for our new equipment. And then hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be ready and re- we'll be ready to rock and roll. Maybe, just maybe, we'll have you know we'll take the old equipment and and you'll have your own satellite set up. You know, Jeremy. Oh well, that would be amazing. You know, I would love to uh, get some more live recording. It's always tough when you're playing and trying to record at the same time, especially when you're trying to compete and do what you know. It's like you're just you're. It's, it's a lot for your mind, to, and you're running from table to table and stuff like that. But I just think you, you know, moving into some live coverage and maybe even some some video coverage. Or, or I know Rob and I and the team have a lot of plans for continuing to grow the show. Uh, because we really want to bring you guys the best content and the, the, the streamlined and well put together and just good yeah. guests and, and, and all the stuff you want to hear. So as always, I know you, you put up a questions for the empire of Dustin review, right? Yep. We normally do that at masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first two that we did were, was at masters. So we're going to do it at lone wolf this year. We got some great guests for the Empire of Dust review. Devlin will be running the show again. So hopefully he'll nice. have his pants on. So that's, you know, we can hope. Yeah, you know, and I imagine you and I will record a bunch of stuff. And oh, usually geez, yeah. when we're recording live, it's just whoever walks up, it's like wants to record something. It's like, hey, sit down. We'll do some 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 chitty chatter. 
Yeah, well, part of it too is you, you know when you go to an event of this size, you've got access to a lot of people that you wouldn't normally have access to. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's something to be said with like recording a one-off interview with with one person, but there's a different dynamic that happens when you have three or four people that may not be interact, that may not be on like um, they're not part of the same social group, right? And like they're, that level of interaction and stuff is really great to capture. You know, um, totally. So I'm excited. You know, and. Obviously, COVID is, is starting to die down a little bit because we, we've seen our numbers go up. So, you know, our downloads are uh, are, are definitely moving in the right direction. So that's that's a good thing. Because, yeah. you know, I think last year they were down significantly because obviously people were not tr- traveling to work. And I know me personally, you know, I only listen to podcasts when I was driving to work or when I was walking the dog. Well, when I started working from home, that cut out a good portion of my podcast listening time. But for some people, that must be back in play because we're we're the numbers of are back to 2019 numbers. So yeah, and just a side note, you know, even though uh, masks are no longer mandatory in Texas, Mark is still requiring them for the tournament. So we're still doing all the, you know, I'm now fully vaccinated. Um, you know, every uh, Mark is giving bonus points for uh, vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test. So don't let our excitement come across as Robert myself is like, Oh, it's over. No, we're still following all the, all the rule. You know, we're not out of it yet. No, we're moving. We're, we're getting near the end, but we're not done. No, but I think it's okay to start being positive and future looking now at this point, you know, with, with just, we see now a, a few months of vaccination, how it's helping the numbers. So I just want to make that point that, you know, still going to be wearing masks, still going to be doing the full, the full shebang. Um, no, uh, uh, open mouth kissing with the boys. So we're just going to have to keep it, you know, keep it the fist bumps or high, uh, you know, uh, so we're, we're still following all those, all those rules. Um, I am excited though, Rob, I had, my mom's now fully vaccinated because I'm going to be staying with her and I haven't seen her and it had been almost a year before COVID 10 months. So this is the longest time in my whole life that I haven't seen like uh, family. So, I'm excited not just for Lone Wolf. I'm excited to take Hillary to Texas and 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 she grew up in a family that didn't really travel that much, so she hasn't just really traveled that much just in her life. So, um, and Hillary's excited. You know, she got to hang out with um, Jeff and Todd's wife at Bay of Kings. So I know she's going to be. I'm hoping to interview her and Jen and Lindsey Cox and get like the. I want to do a little like spouses partners recording of what it's like to be you know with a, a war gamer so uh, and i know rashad has a challenge with robbie king so you get those two guys together and that's always fun adventure so yeah that's a nice little first game challenge and man wait till you see rashad's army it's not going to be like as as a tailored as far as hobby but he's really taken a step up with his basing and his uh, design. Like he has this one greater earth elemental that's like picking up a chariot and goblins are like flying off of it. Like it picked up a goblin chariot and it's using it as a weapon. Or there's just like a bunch. I mean, he's like all the influence of Mike and Scott and all those great hobbyists. And, you know, Rashad's a trained artist. So uh, wait till you see his army. It just looks fantastic. I can't wait. Well, I mean, Texas is the home of like really high, hobby right and i think people that attend lone wolf in particular you know that most people know they got to bring their hobby a game right <laughs> you're not going to win lone wolf with uh unpainted or a crappy army 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where people always give the Texas guys a hard time when they're like, well, our region is the best and you all suck. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, there's a reason. I mean, that region is stacked with uh, artists. I mean, haven't they won every single Masters team challenge? That's what I'm saying, man. You're the champion. You're the champ no more. So it's like. Until you get knocked out, then you're still the champ. So, so they, you know, they have a little juju to to be the 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 kernel of, of that sort of attitude. But. But it is. You feel like you're. Uh, you feel like you're when you're in a lone wolf, or you're at Masters, or you're at like one of those big type of events. You definitely feel it in the air, right? You feel this sort of big event um, electricity, and so that's what I'm excited for is just to feel that adrenaline and and just see all your friends. I mean, it's hard when if how you recharge your batteries is by hanging out with people and going to events. And then we've had a year of not being able to do that. So I feel like my some of my batteries are not are pretty empty right now, my friendship batteries. So I'm looking forward to getting those recharged. Well, that's a good place to take us out. Until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.